0: Where am I going? What is the purpose of my life? Will I ever discover who I am? Welcome to Sit at My Table. There we go. Yawn? I'm on. Awesome, man. How's it going? Dude, it's going good. It's going good. Good deal, good deal. Yeah, sometimes when I try to uh send the links, it gets a little crossed over. I usually got to follow up with the text or something, but hey, we're here. I'm glad. Yeah, we're here. We're on time. And we're making it happen. There you go. Yep, yep. So, Phil. All right, so I'm torn. I keep wanting to say Reynolds or Reynolds. How is it pronounced?
1: Uh like like Ryan Reynolds.
0: Oh, okay, I got it. So Phil Reynolds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's my he's my cousin. Yeah, <laughs> not really. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's 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 my name. And um, I don't know, I mean. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you a few questions about, like, if you had any topics you you'd rather me not talk about, or um,
0: uh, no, actually, I mean, just, just... I keep it all open for him. Yeah, oh, okay. just wherever wherever we go i mean i obviously want to respect your boundaries so yeah you know if we if we get into something or ask a question you're like uh, i'd rather not just feel free we can change the pace it's no problem i just i like to keep it authentic uh i don't really like to script it it's just you know it's uh i mean the main goal of the podcast is really i just want to talk to people like yourself about um You know, how you got where you are and uh, lessons you've learned, what kind of wisdom you have to offer, uh, spiritual insights, things you've encountered, questions. You know, it's it's really just kind of discussion. I, I look at it more as building a relationship with someone while recording it rather than creating a show, if that makes sense. Okay.
1: All right, well, we might get into the deep then, so
0: we'll uh, do it. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> yes, I, I never get the, – the, okay, I'll tell you the real reason I have this podcast is because whenever I try to wade into the deep with people, <laughs> I always get shut down, and I never get to have the conversation. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a podcast where people can come on intentionally to talk about this, and I don't have to corner people at Walmart and the uh, meat department and try to talk <laughs> to them about philosophy. You know? It makes things easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, let's just start by introducing yourself and telling us like what you do and uh, just kind of, you know, where you're at, that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Well,
1: my name is Phil Reynolds. I've, I've, you know, started off, you know, within a career and my whole life purpose in my 20s was campus ministry. I was uh, involved in campus ministry. I was was a mentor. uh, I've led campus ministry groups of anywhere from five to 16, 20, 25, you know, college students um, doing Bible discussions and and Bible studies on campus. And then in my 30s, I segued into more of a fitness and nutrition, uh, studied other modalities as far as... uh, um, like Indian oneness to Reiki to Native American shamanism to you know a lot of different, a lot of different uh, wisdom teachings as far as in the power of now and books like uh, Byron Katie's, uh, you know, Love What Is. Uh, I was definitely in a pursuit of enlightenment and awakening, and so, to, so now I offer people services of, of, of course, of fitness and nutrition but also I help them as far as their mindset is, you know, helping them with their mental mind chatter and that sort of thing. And so I've really kind of come full circle as far as I still help people. That's my, it's still my mission to help people live better, fuller, more energetic, more powerful lives. But you know, this, uh, I mean, that's, that's essentially my life
0: purpose. Gotcha. So like, when you were doing like campus ministry, do you have like a background in like theology or like Bible teaching type stuff? Or was it just kind of like a self-involvement type thing or how, like what, how did that start?
1: Yeah. I mean, well, it started with, you know, I was on West Georgia campus, uh, University of West Georgia. And um, and I was in a Bible study there. And then from there I got involved in like an international church that had a lot of, uh, Doctrine about outreach and that sort of thing. And so I moved from Atlanta to Orlando to, well, not necessarily Orlando, but that was where the main church was. And then out to California was where kind of the prime training was, um, you know, as far as like public speaking, uh, leading, uh, mentoring, that sort of thing. And so uh, not, not necessarily like formal university, theology, that sort of thing. But I was definitely in a very intensive training as far as the theology goes in the Bible and, and and learning it every day and being, being mentored by people who've been doing it for decades and that sort of thing.
0: Got it. And where are you from originally?
1: Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, the suburbs. Yeah, the
0: suburbs of Atlanta. So did you grow up in like a really religious environment or – how was that kind of for you
1: yeah not really I um I was just I mean I went to church occasionally um but I didn't really get super religious
0: until until I got to college got it so was so your experience in college was kind of like your first step into exploring and trying to understand like spirituality that sort of thing
1: yeah, to a, to a greater extent. Like, I mean, there was definitely a lot of fear base in it, you know, as far as um, it was sold to me in a way where, hey, you know, not only are you going to go to hell if you don't do this, but, you know, you won't be able to help your your family and friends get to heaven as well. That The people that you know love and everything. So that was kind of a huge motivation for me as well like it's one thing for me to you know at the time that's what I was feeling was I was gambling with my eternal salvation uh by not committing at that moment and (laughs) right and so um that was that was why I went all in Uh, at that time was like well well shit you know I don't know how many years my 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 parents have left so I I need to be a good example for them because because the kind of the way that Bible study series went was um, they really made you feel like you weren't a Christian and you weren't saved and that sort of thing. And so um, it, they made it also very apparent that, that you could apply those same principles and same uh, standards to to those, you know, and you could easily see who wasn't saved and who was saved and that sort of thing. So Um, so yeah, that was, so yeah, I kind of, I was definitely fear motivated at that point to, um, to really, you know, make that, make that my life purpose for
0: 10 years. I mean, that was, uh, where I was doing that every day. Isn't it interesting how evangelism is dependent on first establishing separation, like letting people know in like completely indefinitely, hey, you're not what I'm trying to give you right now. <laughs> it's like, that's the craziest part to me. And then people get afraid and then they're like, oh, but here's the answer. And so it, it always seems anytime it's in evangelically based, it seems to be, you know, fear is the motivator. But I mean, yeah. very similar experience for me. I grew up I grew up from the start in uh, like hyper religious environments, but it was always fear based, even though I was pretty much born into it I came out of the womb into it you know so
1: yeah that, it is interesting you know you would think that it would be more of um love and acceptance and you know love being the motivator of, of things but it's amazing how uh how fear has been used as as a as a very powerful motivator to um to convert people to
0: to certain sects of, of christianity right do you uh do you still associate yourself with christianity or do you have you kind of left that that i guess identity behind or you know where are you kind of at with that now
1: yeah i mean i I feel like i um for the most part i've i've kind of i don't know i mean i i i definitely have some incorporations of it i guess i would say but like i definitely respect a lot of you know the teachings of jesus and the prophets but as far as you know, going to church every Sunday, and, and you know, reaching, you know, going, you know, reaching the lost, and you know, that sort of thing. Like I, I, just, I feel like people should live their lives and, and live the life of contrast, and, and and learn what they want in this life out of suffering, and 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 even maybe even let that suffering be a, a fertile ground for for gaining wisdom and enlightenment, you know, that's,
0: Mm -hmm. I feel
1: like there's, I feel like this is, this is, this life's all about uh, the experience and and finding out what you do want in life and and learning what you don't want in life. And, and it's really, it, you know, in some senses I was really resentful about, about my, my 10 years and being hyper-religious and (laughs) that, that I felt, I almost felt, you know, at times I was robbed of, of a normal decade of being in my twenties. And, um, but you know, there was a lot of learning experiences though. There was, uh, there just, this, this times of, uh, you know, where I learned public speaking or leadership or, you know, a lot of different things and you know, also the life of contrast as well as, you know, learning that, Hey, you know, this is what I want and don't want out of life. And so, um, you know, it, it's, uh, gosh, it's, you know, life is just, it's just funny how things come up though. And, to to, to really be a teacher to you. Um, and you can really only learn through that experience sometimes.
0: Right. I, I now where I'm at, uh, so I was, uh, a Bible student. I had plans to go to like seminary, you know, all that, all that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and, It's just, uh, it's interesting because I can relate heavily to what you're talking about with resentment. And I'm, I'm, let's see, I turned 28 this year. So uh, I wasn't in it quite as long, um, but I still felt that, you know, anger. And at first, it was honestly hatred, just because in my background, there was some like abuse and stuff associated with it. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, me too.
0: And now, and now, I find that really I'm reading the same, uh, the same wisdom uh, being like the Bible, the teachings of of Jesus and things like that. But it's my perspective that's changed. I approach it from a a point of liberation and uh, with a heart of love rather than this fear of hell and constantly trying to know, okay, how do I not make mistakes? How do I not mess up? How do I, you know, keep myself from eternal damnation and, it's amazing how much the information really changes just by altering that view.
1: Yeah. I mean, even just the, you can learn, you can look into the history of things like as far as like, when was the doctrine of hell created and, you know, did the Jews believe in hell, you know, with, with, around Moses' time or around Elijah's time, you know, they did it. Right. You know, it was a, it was a pagan concept. Um, and you know, the, the early Christians and the, um, and, and of course the Catholics you know, that, that took after them 300 years later, uh, you know, Catholics say, you know, they were, they were around since Peter, but really they were only around 300 AD and after. And, um, those are all concepts that were, t- that were taken from other uh, other religions and other uh, you know paganism and stuff, and so you know it, it really turned into a, a mode of control. Like, hey, you know, do you want to suffer forever? Or do you want to be in bliss and, and, and happiness forever? And you know, and they, you know, it, it's it was just a, a mode of control. It was, it was you know not not something what I don't I don't believe that that Jesus really intended.
0: Yeah, I, I don't either. I, the more it's just the more that I learn, uh, I I don't study that sort of stuff as much now as I did when I first kind of started walking away from those angles and perspectives, but I continue, you know, periodically just to delve in, refresh my mind and stuff like that. And the more you find, or the more you look, the more you find that, I mean, all of the symbology, everything it's, it's pagan overlay. I mean, all of Catholicism symbols and everything all came from pagan religions. Constantine literally took all the pagan religions and things and meshed it into one and then put the Christ figure at the center and made mm-hmm. essentially the you know, a national religion, which swept the world and was an excuse for coloniz- colonization and, you know, in my humble, unprofessional opinion. But I feel like that's pretty obvious, you know,
1: <laughs> but well. You know well for sure i mean no, i mean like i mean that's why you have christmas and easter and these sorts of things that they, they were never established in texts you know even right you know i've got a book i've got a book of uh the early church fathers their their writings and you know these are like origen and uh you know i mean it was like anywhere from like 70 ad to 300 ad from for people who either learn from the apostles or learn from people who learn from the apostles and their, their view of Christianity is is totally different from modern Christianity. It's, um, it's, it's very interesting how they believe about certain doctrines as far as like, whether it's baptism or to salvation, to whether you can uh, leave the church and come back or not, you know, and there's just, there's a lot of different doctrines that are just, you know, very straightforward. And those, people's minds at that time and it's just very different now but um but yeah then i i don't know i i am a big fan of uh graham hancock who who believes that you know humanity is we are a a species of amnesia we don't know a whole lot about anything past twelve thousand years you know like yeah there was a there was a great flood and before that it's like what happened you know and all we know from archaeology is that humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years and we've we've created society from the ground up let's just say in the past 12,000 years we could have lived we could have we could have created and destroyed our civilization multiple times over in that period of time
0: mhm yeah
1: you know what i mean and so it's like and then you look at the 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 different fossil records as far as like uh, meteor strikes volcanoes different things that uh many ice ages ice ages and things that were our human species has dwindled down to thousands from you know i say hundreds of thousands you know there could have been more but let's just say that you know that you know there's like you know and then you got these myths of atlantis and stuff like those things that i don't i totally believe there's more advanced societies they don't have to be more advanced than we are now but there's definitely some evidence of circumnavigation and things way before uh we we give it we give ourselves credit for
0: right yeah that's uh that is it, it does seem to be uh it's and it, science is catching up. It, this is the funny thing to me is that science. It, it was like there was this big abandonment of spirituality in, like, when the modern era took over and industrialization and science and atheism became the big thing, and it was all where's the facts, where's the facts. But it, now we're finding the facts are beginning to support what spirituality and religions are. You know, I say religions loosely, but you know, basically mystic uh text and esoteric knowledge has been saying for thousands of years i mean physics for one is starting to really just verify a lot of the logic that we find in eastern uh thought like in buddhism and uh zen those sorts of things and i just think it's intriguing i I see i kind of have uh i'm always trying to look ahead at where humanity's going and more than like where humanity is going, like where is nature trying to take us? What what is the path of our evolution? And where do we need to be um, in order to sus- continue sustaining life? Because I feel that it's pretty obvious that if we keep the status quo, we're not going to sustain. Uh, it's going to end up imploding. And uh, what I see is really a kind of merging of the sciences and in uh, spirituality. And I think psychology has been a great bridge for that because it's it was one of the first fields where they took um, like the scientific procedure and the scientific methods and all this, and they applied them to the human condition and the psyche um, beyond just thought, like philosophy. It's deeper than thought. It's based on behavior and experience. And I, I really hope that we can bridge that gap because a society that's integrated the you know the the beyond the supernatural with the natural is a society is a society that's going to do, I mean, incredible things. It, it would be like humanity finally turned the curve and we wouldn't have to keep going through these cycles of extinction and uh, you know, getting wiped out and then repopulated and uh, plagues and death and war and all that. We could find some sort of balance. Uh, that's, I don't know, maybe it's thousands of years away, but you know, we can be hopeful, I guess.
1: For sure. I mean, there's a lot of things i think that we're definitely i'd say within the next 10 to 20 years there's you, humanity can go one of two ways you know we can really we can go to flourishing we can go to like a really golden age or we can go into oppression and fear and and it's a uh, it's you know and i feel like i feel like it is going into you know, more of a golden age. Like I feel like the, the powers that be are, are going to lose control of, of the, the awakening of people. And let's just define awakening as having control of your own thoughts and, and actions as far as not being manipulated by media or, or, or whatever, you know, that you're able to, you know, the inform you're able to judge the information coming in as truth or false and not be manipulated to, to make decisions based off of fear or whatever. And so um I think that's that's a growing number of people that are, are that are like that, that realize that the media has an agenda that that we can make decisions for ourselves, that, that we have power in not only our vote, but in the way we spend our money, you know, and as far as right. You know that's that's really our most powerful vote is, is how we spend our money, and um, you know the the corporations that that shouldn't have money, you know if we stop giving them money, then they won't exist anymore, and then, and that sort of thing. So, but uh, yes, we yeah well, there there's a lot of a lot of decisions you know people have to make as far as like you know where we want to go, and and, and I, I do feel like you know <laughs> there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around right now, and.
0: Yeah, and, a uh, ton, a
1: ton, and and you know, with, there's a lot of people that feel like they're being validated for decades of, of conspiracy theories, and and the thing is, it's like, you know, they, you know, some of them like David Icke or whoever, you know, they talk about, you know, how how things are being set in motion or whatever, but I'm like, you know, that's that's not necessarily the case. It doesn't have to be the case, and you know, he just sees like the 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 billionaires who've who've inherited their money from from royalty and genealogies of you know the past couple hundred years or thousands of years or whatever um that they're just remaining a power and that they eventually want to just have you know you ever seen that movie elysium where there's like the uh yes the uh the droids that are like humanoid and they're they're policing right. people I mean that's essentially what he talks about I mean he's and you know those droids are probably running off some kind of 5g technology or greater or, or whatever and in, in order to network together like that but um you know that, that you know it's like Terminator or whatever it's like it's a it's a crazy fiction that that you know that could be reality if we we let it but I don't, know, I don't know. I have a better, I have a more I'm a optimistic uh, view of, of how things will go down. But um, right, and I, and I think I think there's a like a lot of the, a lot of different things that are coming out about that, as far as like you know, power of now to a lot of different teachings to um, even plant medicines being a, a huge uh, help for people to, to wake up and and
0: see the right, you know, what's going on. Yeah, there's a. Uh... Uh, What I see in the conspiracy theories and when I look at it, I I try to look at, you know, what's driving the behavior. And I feel that what's really occurring are people are becoming aware. They just don't all the way know what they're becoming aware of. Mm -hmm. And so they point fingers and they say, oh, it's this and this and this and this. But they don't they're not really grasping that. Um, I I feel like it's going to take a while and maybe a lot more uh, ayahuasca and mushrooms for people to start (laughs) to realize that they control their perceptions and these big conspiracy theories. Yeah, there may be like rich elites that oppress people, and these things are true. But you know, every advancement, every step we take as a society, Descartes, Rene Descartes, he's he's one of my favorite uh, philosophers, and he said that he who is capable of the greatest vice is also capable of the greatest virtue. Mm-hmm. And so all these fears that people have of you know AI and machines and advancement and whatever, it, it's just as likely that they become our greatest assets and help us balance uh, the world. They can process data and information at rates that we couldn't even fathom as humans. Yeah, and there are a lot of areas that that could be valuable in. What people don't, I feel that people have too long. Uh, Put their own power in the hands of somebody else whether that be through religious influence and the uh, influence of uh, the church and Catholicism or politics and we're not we're not comprehending the fact that look these tools are in our hands like right now I'm recording a podcast on a cell phone someone somewhere is recording something they shouldn't be on a cell phone guess who decides that me the individual and the more we take responsibility for ourselves and our actions uh, the, the greater likelihood we have of creating the world that we want. Hmm. But it's, it can be challenging to know what you want, especially when, because uh, you have like a double layer of fear right now. You have people that are afraid of circumstances and then you have people that are uh, afraid to not be afraid of their circumstances because they, they don't understand. Uh, they don't trust themselves. You know, like it's just, it seems that guilt and shame are the theme and that if you're not uh, going along with uh, the fear game, then you're some sort of freak and people think that you're crazy because you're, you know, not afraid. And so people, I mean, like you, for instance, uh, a lot of people, I don't know, maybe you were met with great support and stuff, but when you venture out on your own, uh, especially into like a health and wellness community, something like that, a lot of people are just going to call you kooky. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. they judge it, you know, they don't understand it. how so when I first got into psychedelics, uh, at first it was definitely just seeking a thrill. I didn't know that I would have a mystical experience, <laughs> but when I did, it's become um, something else. But people just see it in, you know, say, oh, druggy or, you know, whatever. And it's going to take some time but that's the reason that I you know I do like podcasts like this and that's the reason why I love talking to people like you and who do what you do who are really just about bringing awareness to the reality and acceptance of you know our our individual power I think that it's important well for
1: sure I mean like there's a lot of there's a lot of disinformation out there you know as far as like you know even how to, to navigate your own mind you know as far as you know, should you, should you judge your thoughts or should you, you know, do you identify with your own mind and your own thinking? Can you judge your own thoughts? And as far as like, you know, to the person who's not knowing what I'm talking about here, I'm just saying, like, can you shut off your thinking, you know, do you incessantly have to think all the time or can you just sit in meditation or sit with your breath and just quiet your mind and feel the peace that, that is there. Or do you feel the incessant need of rehashing dialogue with a loved one or a friend or a coworker or whatever, and just replay that scenario over and over again until you're just really pissed off at them. Or, you know, there's just so much that, that we've done and we've, we, we've copied from our parents or our people in our lives and, and we don't have to be like that. You know, I mean, I think that's uh, And then, uh, another thing is, I see in health and fitness, for example, is, you know, there's a lot of low fat, low calorie diets that have been pushed for decades. And it's like that stuff has been not only uh, been ineffective, but but in a lot of cases, it's been detrimental to people's health. I mean, you know, there's like healthy fats. And we've really villainized fat as a whole, instead of you know making it something like, hey, you know, this is this is an important part of our biology for our creating hormones to energy to you know fueling our brain to even building blocks for our brain. And so you know what I teach people is you know essentially is just how to have a, a happier. In more energetic, more productive, and more more fulfilled life, just through you know exercise and meditation, and breath work, and uh, you know eating the right things that that will help you to experience all that. And and so it's you know it's 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 in a lot of different you know cultures and where, where I see we we have more information today than any society thus far that we know of, and. Right. You know, the, but the problem with that is, you know, there's there's people that have uh. They have agendas as far as how we spend our money, you know, and what information we take in, and, and or what information we value or, or consider to be the best, or, or you know, and you know, and it really comes down to us, like, hey, you know, our own experience is like, hey, what do I feel good right now? Do I have energy right now? Do do I like how my life is right now? And you know, well, it could depend on the information you're taking in, or the information you feel like is is important to you and are valid for you. And and if it's and if those answers are no, then then maybe you need to change the information you're taking in. You know, maybe maybe it would do you some good to to go on a psych uh, like a psychedelic journey, or a, um, you right. know, I like to say entheogen. You know, that's that is kind of changes the the term the, the term of it a little bit you know psychedelics have been kind of mislabeled for a long time um and you know i, I don't know i I've, I've had profound experiences with uh, ayahuasca and um or nndmt or whatever and it's like um those are experiences that I've have, I I have longed to have when I was in the Christian world. I mean, like as far as like mm-hmm. closeness right. to God or or you know these things, and it's like, and I've had spiritual experiences that that didn't require those, you know, those entheogens, and and that you know that some of those were from group meditation or things like that, and and you know, there's a lot of experiences out there, like you know, this life is is about uh, a, an abundance of experiences and if you feel like you're limited and and what you've experienced so far is like well what is out there you know how close can i you know be to a creator you know what what are the methods to to you know to get in contact with it you know it you know i mean there's 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 things that you come up with it's like hey you know can i actually you know, have a have a discussion with with a entity or a creator or something like that. You know, it's like, hey, you know, investigate that. You know, see if that's a possibility. It doesn't have to be a, you know, go to church and 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 pray and hope that miracles will be set upon you. I mean, we we have the power to create our own miracles. I believe.
0: Right. Yeah. The the thing that I feel I'm starting to notice as well is. The more agenda that gets pushed, the more manipulation that gets uh, kind of thrown into the mix, the more conspiracy that's introduced. uh, The people who are doing this are actually working against themselves because there comes a point where what this is what I see occurring. Right. The more that disinformation is pushed, the more that manipulation is pushed, the more that agenda is pushed. It's actually empowering the individual because what happens is now you have to pick what you believe hmm. used to it was you were told what to believe but now they're trying to manipulate to such an extent that they literally i mean feed you ads on facebook based on your individual search right, history right. and what it's what it's actually creating options now the whether uh, there is any truth backing the options like i don't know say people who are buying into flat earth or anti vaccines or whatever it doesn't matter because what we're finding is that You just choose what you believe, but these people are still functioning in society. I can still shop next to them at the Kroger. I can still have a conversation with them about the weather. They can still live their lives no matter what they, uh, no matter what conspiracy they choose to believe or whatever. It's, it's actually empowering people and giving people the strength to take responsibility for their lives. And I've never seen people do so much research in my life. (laughs) It's refreshing. Yeah. (laughs) Now. Maybe the things they believe I don't agree with, but at the end of the day, it's bringing a greater reality uh, to the table, and that's that knowledge really doesn't exist apart from the experience, and that you can know all these conspiracies or all this information, but really life comes down to your everyday living, You know, what you're experiencing in this moment. You can know how the earth came into existence, or you can theorize it, but it honestly has nothing to do with today. True. Uh, Alan Watts, he, I do, I'm sure you've heard of Alan Watts, but he's famous for saying, you know, the wake of the ship doesn't control the ship, right. you know, it's what's behind it, but it doesn't push the ship forward. And, uh, I, I think that, uh, the powers that be, whether it's some grand conspiracy as people think, or if it's just individuals being asshats, either way, yeah. you know, it's, uh, where the universe has taken control and, uh, we're gonna work it out. I just my goal is just to keep bringing that awareness because the more people are empowered, the more we'll find. Hey, you know what? Honestly, you can believe whatever you want. Liberty is is the the key to life. The the freedom to flow. Uh, in uh, you know the movie Goodwill Hunting, oh, yeah. uh, one of my favorite scenes is when he's in the courtroom and uh, he says, "Liberty is the soul's right to mm. breathe." without liberty man is a syncope okay. and i didn't know what syncope was for the longest time and i finally learned that it means to be incomplete sure. and without liberty man is incomplete okay. we uh we can stack up all the knowledge we want but if we're forced to walk some sort of straight line you know we're we're never going to be complete because our experience is what makes us whole it i mean we're not separate mm-hmm. from it and I honestly think it's a beautiful thing, but it's chaos. But Nietzsche says chaos gives birth to a dancing star, and I, I honestly I believe that. But you know, hmm. just my personal perspective. Yeah, I but. believe, that, you know, I,
1: I'm with you. I believe that people should have the freedom to believe whatever they want to believe, no matter how crazy or or whatever it is, you know, and have the the freedom of speech to be able to to you know talk about it. You know, I mean that's. I think that's one of the crazy things about the whole David Ike thing is, is that, uh, his, his video has been, been getting taken down, you know, and, and you know, whether it's on the London mm-hmm. real right. or whatever. And, and it's like, I think he should have the, the freedom to be able to express those ideas, you know, whether, you know, whether they're crazy or whether they're on point or whatever it is, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's like you, know, you have some people that are like, there's no such thing as hate speech, and like people get upset about that. It's like, well, it's not that people can't say hateful things, but who determines the spectrum of what should be said and what shouldn't be said? And and you know, and if it's in the if it's in the power of the government to determine those things, then that's that's a lot of power. To, to, to give an entity the to tell us what we can and can't say, you know? Because there's some countries, you know, right. whether Canada or UK or whatever, they, they are limited by what they can say. And and you wouldn't think, you, would, right. you wouldn't yeah. think that, so, you know, a place like Canada, you know, would be able to, would have have, <laughs> have, have, have things that you, you literally can't say without repercussions, you know? And, you right. um, but so it's like, I mean, but I think that, you know, over the past, say 2000 years, we've really been getting better and better at uh, structuring society and, and, and people together and, and these sorts of things. And I think there could be a, a, a new society that that could meet the needs of the people we could we could have the freedom of thought and freedom of speech and freedom of religion and all these different freedoms and and function harmoniously amongst ourselves and and things, but uh, you know that is, it's a work in progress. You know and um, yeah, I do I do feel like the United States has have, has a lot of breakthroughs and in, in that arena? But you know, the United States may not be the end all be all to to that. You know, as far as as, as those right. things go, but in, you know, maybe some island nation somewhere will, you know, create some kind of society that's just, you know, high tech and, and utopian or whatever, but, um, you know, it's a, but I mean, I, gosh, I mean, I see these movies like ghost in the shell. Have you seen that one with a uh, Scarlett Johansson? And oh, I haven't man, seen it. It's hmm. uh people talk about the acceleration of technology and everything and and it's just I don't know what the year is in that that movie but the way I was watching it was like man I could see all these technologies happening in my lifetime you know if I if I say I'll live right. in the 90 or whatever like there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting technologies even if like AI gains the intelligence of like all the minds in the world combined it would be able to do things like rewrite the english language to optimize it for our vocal cords and and allow us to have wor- words that are uh, you know that that we don't normally use in the english language as far as like sounds and, and and syllables and different things like that and you know we can, we could can communicate more bits of information per second than we normally would in standard english and you know or allow other species on our planet whether it's dolphin or cats or dogs to become more sentient you know whether it's genetically or bio or technologically you know cybernetics or whatever i'm like there's there's a lot of lot of crazy things that can happen in the next 30 50 years or whatever you know and so but uh, i feel like as long as we stay grounded in you know just like have, having peace and having You know, having peace within our own minds, you know, as far as like our own thoughts and and not giving into anger and rage for, for, you know, out of misunderstanding or whatever it is. It's like, I feel like we'll do, we'll be fine, you know, and then as long as that, that mindset kind of gets, you know, permeated through the, (laughs) through the humanity, you know, I mean, like the, the thousand monkey, uh, is it theory or experiment I don't know but have you have you heard about that
0: uh, is it the one where they put the bananas in there and... And it was
1: like yeah it was something like sweet potatoes or something and there's like the there's like these monkeys yeah. on one island and like one of the monkeys started washing the potato before they were eating it and, and she taught it to the other monkeys and then all the monkeys on that island started washing their potatoes before they eat they ate them and then And then monkeys on other islands that weren't even connected to them simultaneously all started washing the potatoes before they ate them.
0: Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, Carl Jung talked extensively about the collective subconscious and how he he talked about how there are moments in history where the same information erupts across the globe in the psyche just of, he called it, he calls it the subconscious, but it's essentially all beings connection to life. And it, it's like a pool. Nikolai Tesla also talked about it. He said, there's a, a place where you can access the knowledge of the universe, that it is knowledge itself. And you can encounter it and learn it. He, he credited for all of his, he credited this source for all of his, you know, crazy inventions and the leaps that he made in technology and things. And I feel like we see that played out a lot. We see eruptions in thought. I don't know. In tech I don't know, like social media, for instance, like one came on and then it was like, all of a sudden everyone has social media and everyone wants to started creating a social media. And then, or like you had the classic battle between Microsoft and Apple, these two geniuses and Bill Gates and Steve jobs, they had the same vision, but they created it in very different ways and they took very different shapes You know, it's uh, we seem to have that played out. And, you know, I I've I've been trying to just look at not just history, but the present moment and human behavior. And I'm I feel that the real plague that humanity is undergoing is we seem to simultaneously believe that we are a part of nature and fit into it and also that we surpass Hmm. it. And it creates this difficulty in finding where we fit into the ecosystem. Like any species that survives, uh, has longevity in their survival, is a is a species that has you know carved out a spot for themselves uh, in regards to like the ecosystem. So you know, biodiversity is a huge part of success. But you know, you it's like humanity we keep contradicting ourselves we can't find where we fit in nature so we try to surpass nature uh which leads us to destroy it and then we find ourselves suffering because of it and i'm just curious like where are we gonna find when are we gonna accept or find our place you know like where do we fit into this niche you know uh, we seem to want to conquer it all like uh objectively conquer no just we want to control everything but it seems to be taking us in a direction that's unhealthy and uh as long as we keep talking and we keep trying to have experiences and teach them like you said then eventually the other monkeys will catch on because i mean no one wants to partake in death and destruction for too long You, you know it's it feels good at times, I even
1: mean, for the sake of profit. You but know, eventually, that's that's essentially what what's motivated our destructive behavior for. For you know, let's just say the past hundred years has been our, the destruction of nature and uh, you know other societies
0: and things has has been out of profit motives. But there seems there's like a profit. The idea of profit creates like this illusion that we can stockpile. Yeah. But you, as long as you're trying to stockpile is it's speaking of our, uh, both of our connection to the Bible, mm-hmm. like in our histories. Uh, one of my, one of my favorite stories is how uh, when the manna would fall yeah. from heaven and God was like, Hey, don't take any more than you need for today. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, That really, if you if you look at the wisdom in that and you apply it to our society, you see the root of why we can't live at peace, because I I look out and I see uh, lions chilling in a field with antelope grazing all around them. Why are they able to do that? Because the lion only eats when it's hungry. You know, it only attacks the animals when it needs it. And when it's time, it goes out, it kills something. Sure, it's violent. It takes it doesn't stockpile it doesn't kill a whole herd and freeze it you know what i mean it's a uh, it's it's our own fear that is creating the lack of peace that we find in the world because we believe in this lie called mm. scarcity and literally nowhere nowhere on earth do we see in the natural world true scarcity what what the environment can sustain it sustains what can't be sustained it it dies off and we keep trying to have an unlimited sustainment and it's just Mm -hmm. never going to happen. We're, we're fighting something that's inevitable. And if we would, you know, increase our awareness and learn to accept that, I feel we might be able to find peace, but you know, it's greed. Greed is a greed is a monster. It's hard to overcome it too, because it's fear based. I guess fear, tends yeah, it's to fear a monster. based.
1: It's it's unconsciousness. It's you know, there's no there's no awareness in it. As far as you're just operating, yeah, you're out. You know, like you're saying, op- operating out of fear, but but operating out of you know what you've been taught, like programmed like a computer. Like this is how you should do if you want to be successful. And only way to be more successful is to is to do what you're currently doing, but, but better, or, you know, in the, in the, in the sense of what better is in that, that, you know, duality of, of having and not having. Um, right. But, you know, it's, you know, like you said, like if we were just able to think more along the lines of sustainability and whether, you know, how, how do we want the, you know what kind of legacy do we want to have for for our the next generations you know is, and i think there is uh i think there is change coming just from even the the younger generations i uh, you know as far as like what they value and 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 not and <laughs> as far as like shaking up what what, what we you know with are or the or the previous generations have valued you know, it's like, well, maybe that's not as important important. You know, I like this tiny house movement of of, of minimalism and right. stuff like that. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, how, yeah. how much of a house do I need? You know, I mean, it's like the younger, the, the older generations were like bigger and better is bigger, 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 better, you know. And, and it's like, well, you know, if right. I just had these things and, and, and some land, you know, I, I could be very happy With that, and I wouldn't be in debt, or I'd be able to pay this off very quickly, and and or a shipping container home or whatever. And it's just like there's a lot of different movements and and adaptation going on right now, and it's uh, it's refreshing. It's uh um. I mean, I I like I like what I see going on as far as some of those things, as far as how people spend their money and and how they're adapting. You know, even COVID nineteen quarantine going on right now there's a lot of people that are having to figure out how to produce income you know without without going into you know maybe they're restaurant workers or or some you know an un you know you know quote unquote unessential worker you know that that's essentially lost their job during this time and they're offered a 1200 um you know stimulus check to to like to shut them up, but it's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uncertainty around right now. And I, and I just hope people aren't going to like illegal means of making money. And I hope there be more, you know, ha- in, you know, using their, their personal genius to to figure out ways to make money instead of um, some of the other methods that, that people have used in the past. But, um, you know, that, and, and I think this is going to be, end up being something that's that's really great for for humanity as a whole
0: yeah i agree i i, I agree with that a lot I, in in regards to that too what you're talking about people using their own creative genius is from in western culture especially there's this idea that 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 genius is kind of viewed as uh like the primal side it's something that needs to be stamped out and given a you know a shirt and a a tie and taught how to sit up straight and all this but what we're essentially doing is the very thing that could sustain us we're stamping out in an effort to sustain the Mm -hmm. unsustainable we're trying to sustain a society that can't be sustained because it's all built around profits and to do it we're literally killing the only thing that could sustain us because our genius our creative genius is what solves the problems in the moment and we keep looking for a one size fits all problem but that's it's just never it's never going to happen you can develop systems and things like that to you know like the lion hunts in the same general way but you know they it's not the exact same moment every single time you know it's we can't think that just doing one action over and over and over is going to create sustainability. Like repetition is not sustainability. It's not the same thing. Um, We have to be ready to constantly grow and make changes. Like, and I think that's one thing that people are realizing with the whole uh, coronavirus thing is that, you know, we, we're going to have to adapt. There are new things, new problems that are going to show their faces as, as we venture, I don't know, throughout, life there's going to be yes. new problems uh we we have vaccines we've stamped out how many diseases but guess what now there's a new one now we need a new vaccine and we're not going to be able to create that create those things by telling kids to sit still in a chair and put on a suit in fact it's, it's the people who never fit into that culture who end up changing society mm-hmm. for the better i mean the ones who just never clicked and never found the robotic self as i call it uh you know, like they're the ones who always make a difference, and if we would accept that and really look at it. this is uh, Damien Gover from uh, Peaceful Mountain Way. He, uh, I chat with him a lot, and he recently we were talking about what awareness is, and it, it's like you said, it's just this general unconsciousness and not not accepting the reality that hey, this very thing that you're trying to kill. Is what we need mm. to save us. I mean, we have all all of the money in the world and all of Western medicine, and yet people are turning to the very uh, uh, nations and tribes that we tried to, I, I say we proverbially tried to wipe off the face of the planet, and yet it's their culture and their teachings that are are you know reintroducing mm. us to life, and it seems to be that it's coming through us finding our connection in yep. nature again. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's uncanny. You know, when you look at the, the symbolism of it, the, the thing that destroyed uh, the native peoples, uh, you know, in South America, North America, those places that uh, they couldn't pierce the armor of the Spaniards. Right. So in Western culture, they took, took natural elements and things and mixed them and created something they were seeking permanence. You know, they created bronze and steel and, uh, that metaphor just plays out that the more you feed into those things, the more you essentially are going to kill and choke off your connection to nature. There has to be a balance, you know, like the ax head is great if it's made out of steel, but you know, you start building everything out of steel and cutting down trees so you can do it and, what are you left with we're not gonna be able to breathe you know it's uh polarity i think is is one of our big enemies it's uh balance is is harder than picking a side and if we could become more aware of that that there is no overarching objective answer you know that it is constantly changing and we are constantly growing and we're constantly evolving like the sooner we can become aware of that and accept it Uh, the faster we're going to be able to heal. But uh, so in your uh, with your business, I just want to I want to give you the opportunity to talk about kind of more about what you do if you want. And just kind of, you know, the stuff that you've been kind of promoting or, you know, lessons you've been learning or sharing or anything like that. Do You have anything like that? Absolutely.
1: I mean, um, you know, right now we're you know, a lot of us, you know, at the time of this recording, we're stuck in quarantine or what have you. And some of us may have lost our jobs or our income is impaired or whatever. And, and maybe battling depression or, you know, various things. And so I was just trying to like figure out, you know, what what can I do as, as someone who's experienced what I've experienced and, 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 once, and, and the purpose of helping others, you know? And so, like, I ended up making something that was, like, a, a 30-day challenge. Um, that was what helped me when I was on rock bottom was, was establishing habits over 30 days. And so, I was like, well, what can I do as a 30-day dash or something like that? And I was like, okay, well, you know, I was thinking about the name and all this stuff. And I was like, reinvent yourself. 30 day dash i'm like okay and then i have like five core habits that i generally teach people you know as far as working on yourself like mind body and spirit kind of thing as far as you know reading daily meditating breath work nutrition and exercise you know and if you get some sunlight or that sort of thing Mm -hmm. those are important too but um And so, yeah, I have, I do like a 30 day dash. Um, it's like, it's 97 bucks and $29 and 10 cents goes to COVID relief right now. And, and, and if you refer people, you know, I'm giving people referral commissions of 40%, you know, $38, 80 cents. I mean, that's, you know, that helps people to, you know, maybe pay their bills or whatever. And I was just like thinking about, you know, giving to the charity of what's going on right now. And also to help, help people with their income and so um and so that's just like if if people want to access that or 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 check that out it's bit.ly slash covid 30 and then hyphen day dash and that's so yeah it's like bit.ly slash or like or forward slash you know covid three zero hyphen yeah, yeah i can like link it right i'll get it. you this but you know, then,
0: yeah i'll get you to send it to me i'll make sure i put it in where people can like read yeah, it or click on it so or yeah, something some like that, about too.
1: that as far as like you know what can help people because i mean this, this quarantine is not going to last forever right and if you can establish some habits that are going to help you be happier help you to live a live a better life as far as like knowing how to deal with your you know with with the, you know whether it's depression or or just like general like unhappiness or whatever it is you know or you just want to feel better feel more energetic or whatever it is so you know having a daily breath work meditation you know there was wim hof and i mean i'm a huge fan of wim hof um and then you know exercise as far as like it balances your neurotransmitters you know you know one of my favorite uh, authors dr rady you know he did like a, a lot of different studies with kids as far as like exercise goes and he found that you know, it's like exercise is like a little bit of Prozac and a little bit of Ritalin. It was like, cause it, 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 it balances those neurotransmitters of those pharmaceutical drugs that that those, those uh, pharmaceutical drugs like affect. And so, um, but yeah, that's all the Mm -hmm. things that, that helped me to, you know, cause I went through like a rock bottom period, like, you know, several years ago. And, and that was like, the first thing I do, I, I did was, was work on my exercise and, and uh, little that I know that it was helping my brain chemistry, helping me be happier. So, but yeah, I mean, they,
0: go ahead. What? Oh, uh, uh, what was the? So you you said that a couple of years ago you went through like a rock bottom period. Like what in that rock bottom period? What was like the question that you were trying to get answered? What was the the kind of? I don't know. What did the rock bottom? What was the nature of the this rock bottomness? Well, that I mean, it was uh, you're talking
1: about. It was culmination of a lot of things, you know. As far as like, let's say, you know, I, I had spent ten years of my life. You know, I, I wanted to be I wanted to be in campus ministry, and then honestly, I wanted to be what was known as a world sector leader. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was just someone who oversaw a lot of different churches in a in a, in a continental uh group i was like that was my life purpose at that point i was like you know i want to i want to go so hard as to where i'm eventually not only leading my own church but but mentoring other church leaders and having that kind of impact um and to right. leaving that church and and being kind of like i know that's not my path anymore but what is my path and so i was kind of i was, I was just lost for it for a while and and my health was was suffering and you know I was enjoying uh you know the the the, the lunch margaritas with my my sales co-workers and and like packing on some pounds and my <laughs> yeah. was up and you know this wasn't generally feeling good so you know my so just imagine like finances in the in the in the tanker from you know I had a I had a doctrine of of, of believing that I, sh- I really shouldn't have any kind of finances or, you know, I just didn't believe in it. And, uh, to, and, and my health was down. So finances down, health was down, you know, no, all of my relationships that, that I had gone after, you know, unsuccessful, you know, so I was just like, I was lonely. I, uh, spiritually, uh, I d- didn't know what to do. And then, you know, like my, I mean, if I had, I had learned a lot of different, Spiritual practices and things like that. And I was just like, man, this is time for me to put this into practice. And uh, I mean, I had, I mean, I'd read The Power Now by that point, and I was just was like, man, I'm really stuck in my head right now. And so I'm like, there's, you know, so like, I just imagined that mm-hmm. I had already died. I was just, I had a um, death before death experience. Um, I was like, well, let need to start over now. What, what can I do? And I was like, well, let me just start getting in shape again, you know. And so I just—it was just was something general. it's a couple, you know, a couple sets of push-ups that I progressively increased on on a week-to-week basis. Some sit-ups and walking and jogging around the neighborhood. And then eventually, I started going to the gym. Going to the gym more, and then eventually, I was like, man, I feel so good. I, this is what I want to eventually teach people. So I got my personal trainer certification and. Then, um. Started learning more other other nice, uh, you know, life coaching to you know exceptional coaching to all, you know a lot of different uh, teaching techniques as far as like how to help people live their best life and 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 so that, that was kind of what really just motivated me to, to do what I do now is because I I want to be the light for others that that you know I didn't have during certain times of my life, you know, especially during the rock bottom. I mean, like I, I got my right. way out and I had some, some people guide me, but, but, you know, I was kind of just didn't know what I was doing for a while. And so I want to help people to not have to experience that kind of, that kind of suffering As I, I kind of feel naive and, and, and saying that because I do feel like some people do require a lot of suffering in order to change, but I think for I think for others, uh, you know, maybe maybe the suffering isn't a requirement, and so I'm, I want to be a help to those you know who are in the suffering and who who those who want to
0: avoid the suffering. Right. It's it's suffering is one of those things that's very necessary <laughs> yeah. until it's not necessary. <laughs> Once you have that realization, you know, you're like, wait a second, I don't have to suffer what what's going on here i don't have to believe in uh this you know cloud this overarching cloud that i inescapable feeling and uh it seems that when we take action you know that's when we start to have the epiphany or have the epiphany that hey i i can control my life do you, do you know who dave Ramsey oh, yeah, yeah. is like a financial there, advisor yeah so yeah uh i think okay. uh, either that or tennessee i can't remember but. Um, he uh, he has – there was a quote I got from him. My wife listens to his podcast all the time, and she shared this quote with me, and he said, 97% of millionaires believe that they control their own destiny. But only – it was far far less. I can't remember if it was like 60 or 40% somewhere out, around there of people who aren't don't. They believe that it's based on luck or, you know, things like that. And it's – you know, it's just – evidence that what you believe you will create in your life and uh it's just incredible to see someone like you who uh you know took the action and the action is always what leads us out we for me I'm a classic overthinker you know I love to sit and ponder and I thought that I could think my way out of my depression but I eventually had to start taking action you know and until I did that there was uh there was no relief of that suffering. And that's why I say, you know, suffering's necessary until it's not. (laughs) And I was one of those people who wanted to heap it on, you know, I was like, Oh, I can take it. I can bear it. It was like an ego trip for me, you know, like, Oh yeah, I can, I can handle more. I can handle more. Look how strong I am. But eventually it all crumbles and uh, you're left with just what you are. And actually that's kind of what this podcast represents for me is, diving out into what i want what i've always wanted i love to write and i love to orate and um taking steps uh every time i do it and step into my own individual power that creative genius like we talked about you know you just that stuff starts to fade away you know you you find you're not thinking about <laughs> the depression when you're taking action elsewhere you know you don't have to cool. be stuck it's a uh, an illusion you know and of course you know everyone has their opinions but uh my life has given me the evidence um, that's a great great insight uh,
1: because i I know when i was probably most unhappy in my life i was constantly wanting to know what my future was like i was just i was just wishing that it would be written in the cloud right they would tell me what it is or you know maybe if i could go to a fortune teller maybe they maybe they Mm -hmm. could tell me and and then you got people like Abraham Lincoln that, that say, mm-hmm. you know, the best way to predict your future is to create it. And when I started to to think along those lines, right. it was, you know, happiness was a lot easier for me to, to create, you know, as far as instead of searching for it outside of myself uh, or searching for it in another, but, but first to create it within yourself. And, you know, and, you know, you, you, you talked about uh, deeming, uh, go over earlier, you know. One of the things that he mentioned to me that I felt was, yeah. was unexpected, but but really helpful. Um, and I may have I may have heard something similar from from other people, but but when he said it, it was just kind of rang true to me. Was just to take account for every hour of your day, you know, and. You All know, right. if we just if we go through our days unconsciously, I mean, it's really hard to to create the life that we want, you know. But if we take account for those hours, like like bricks in a temple, we can we can create whatever life we want.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it once you it, once you finally grasp that for yourself as an individual. I mean, it, it's just like everything falls into place. It's just, we have to, there's a lot of nuances we have to outgrow, like, uh, our fears of like, oh. like for me, a lot of stuff was associated with guilt, um, or shame or fear of failure, you know, these sorts of things. And we have to get to that point where we realize that failure isn't failure. Failure is just action what makes it failure is Mm. that it didn't stack up to our expectations you know it's uh, we're just taking action the the definition comes from what we were trying to achieve and sure it may fall short of what you pictured um but the more action you take the more aware you become of what you're actually capable of and uh i had a, a problem my awareness was uh i had a real issue um because I was always I was labeled like gifted and talented like as a kid in school, and I thought that I was stupid if I had to study, and so I had no real bearing on what my true capabilities were because I wouldn't study because I was afraid that meant that I was less intelligent or that I wasn't capable, and you know I had to eventually get over those things and and accept myself uh, that look you have to do what you have to do just because you're not doing it doesn't mean that it's not, you know, the way it is. Uh, I can deny all day that it's raining or I can say it's not just because I'm sitting inside, but it doesn't change the fact that it's raining, you know? And what you find is that when you step into your power, it's like that power was always there. You just were never aware of it, you know? And you know, that freedom was always there. Uh, That peace was always there, but, So long as you keep trying to find problems, you're going to find problems, you know, so long as you keep judging, everything is going to fall short always, Uh, because there's always something you can see, always something you can find that doesn't stack up, that doesn't measure up, that uh, because our imaginations uh, aren't always grounded, you know, and that's the beauty of being human, but that's also the struggle. And if we can learn to balance that, then, you know, the logos, that's that's what kind of set it free for me is the the divine word in action, the plan, the thought in motion. That's, that's what we are. Like the word made flesh. And if we can find the secret of that in in our lives, like with you finding it with exercise, with me writing and podcasting, I just, I hope that anyone listening to this can find that for themselves and understand that, you know, there is no failure. There's only action. You're the one who defines failure and success. Like, society will try to do it parents will try to do it friends will try to do it but it's an illusion all there is is doing and (laughs) not doing like the great yoda says right (laughs) (laughs) you're right yep yeah yeah well phil it's been great talking uh What's uh What's your final word? What do you want I mean, to leave the people gonna, with? The uh the old Demian Grover uh Grover
1: quote. Does uh, this, <laughs> if I could talk properly, um, is this to uh you know take account of every hour of your day? I mean, um, <laughs> you know, if you and then also, gosh, I've been, I've been delving into Abraham Hicks recently, and uh, whether it's the vortex or or, or money, the you know, law of attraction, and and. It, she just talks about, you know, the, the feeling you have on, it, on, yeah. a, you know, like your thoughts, you know, can be reflected in, in, in the emotions and the feeling you have on the day to day basis, hour by hour basis. Like if you're feeling good, then you're thinking good things. You're on the right path. You are in the vortex. You're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. If you're feeling bad or if you are feeling down or if you're feeling, uh, numb or, or, or whatever negative or even neutral, uh, emotions, you know, take stock of that and, and just think, what can I do to, to change those things? You know, uh, am I on my life purpose? Am I, do I even know what my life purpose is? Do I, you know, and, and really, you know, your life purpose is really what you wanted to make, what you want it to be like, gosh, for so long, I just wanted, Son, right, Morpheus or uh Obi Wan or somebody to tell me like what my purpose <laughs> was, and it was just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But the exciting thing is that we get to be our own Morpheus, and we get to be our own Obi Wan to ourselves, and and to say like, hey, this is what my life purpose is, and and so you know, if you could think about that. Like, what, what do you want to do in life? How, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? Or, you know, how, how can you leave this world better than you found it? Or, you know, there's a lot of different probing questions. I would, I would my last thoughts would be to reflect on those things and, you know, to really see like, you know, if you're on purpose, then how can you take it to the next level? You know, how can you, you know, really say, Hey, you know, i I've, I've got some time here over the next 30 days to, to really step up my game. You know, what can I do right now to, to, to do that? And, and that's, that's kind of my challenge to you right now is just to really see how, you know, take this opportunity that you have and make it an opportunity and instead of, you know, making it a negative.
0: All right. Yeah. The, uh, the funny thing to me and the stories, like you were talking about finding that, finding your Obi-Wan or finding your Morpheus is that people will find their power in rebellion, you know, to those figures that we seek out. We're always looking for someone to tell us our purpose, but that the hero or the character always finds their purpose when they end up, you know, going beyond the, the teachers surpassing the teacher. And that's really ultimately what we're all seeking to do is to find that power within instead of without. And that's when we surpass, uh, the teacher and we uh, come and step into our own power and essentially become <laughs> That's right. uh, the one who washes the potato <laughs> for the rest of the monkeys. Right. That's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Phil. Well, it's been great. I'm so glad we got to talk. I, uh, I hope that we get to see each other again at uh, peaceful mountain way or if not, uh, in some capacity, Dude, but yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, it's been great man, having you right. on. I appreciate you. I definitely look forward to talking again, man. Absolutely. No doubt. We will. Uh, I hope there's many more of these episodes to come. So uh, you'll be hearing from me. Hey, you too. Stay safe.